0: Well, today what I want to do is this. I want to try to show you the most important spiritual quality that I believe has the greatest potential. Not only to impact the trajectory of your current year of 2023, but to also impact your entire life. This quality... It is absolutely and completely the key to your spiritual strength. It's the key to your ministry impact. This quality is the key to your physical health, to your relational intimacy, to your financial potential, to even you accomplishing your goals. Do you want to know what it is? Do you want to know what this quality is? Well let me tell you what it's not first. The good news is this, that this quality is not based upon your appearance. It's not based upon your background. It's not even based upon your education or anything like that. The quality that has the potential to impact your life, is it's your consistency. It's Your consistency. You see, your consistency has more potential to impact your life than you would ever imagine. Maybe many of you are probably thinking already, oh, if that's the case, Bill, well, I'm screwed. Like, I might as well just turn it off. Don't turn it off. This is for you. Because the reality is so many of of us are incredibly inconsistent, aren't we? We're inconsistent with what we eat. We're inconsistent in our desire to exercise. We are even inconsistent in reading the Bible. Or even in our prayer time. We can't even get on time. places consistently sometimes it seems and some of you may be thinking right now this moment the only thing that I'm consistent in Bill is actually being inconsistent that's the only thing I'm consistent in is being inconsistent and that's probably true for many of us if you find yourself like like the really the rest of us with really good intentions really good intentions but you struggle to follow through I want you to know, I completely, 100% understand. I do. There are so many areas of my life that I've been inconsistent. And in some embarrassing areas, to be honest. For example, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. And I don't share some of the things with with you, uh, so you could say, oh, you know, say, well, if Bill doesn't do this, well, then I don't. That's... I'm not, I'm not sharing so you can have an excuse. I'm sharing to you because I struggle too. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. That I struggle and I want to let you know that I struggle with a lot of things that probably you struggle with. So let me tell you one. What do you think a pastor should do with his spouse? If you were asked that, what do you think your pastor should do with your spouse, with their spouse? Chances are pretty good that if you're a pastor and you're married, you probably should pray together, right? You should probably pray consistently with your spouse. That sounds like something a pastor should do, right? Something I'm inconsistent in. I struggle with that. I'm consistent in being inconsistent with praying with Lisa. You know sometimes you know we would start and we might do a few days and then stop for whatever reason. It's this process of we we'll stop, we we'll start, then we we'll would stop and then we start and then we start stop. And then the process of beginning that again becomes longer and longer and longer. And I can to be honest, I could give you all of these lame excuses and reasons of why I don't. But that's what they are. They're just lame excuses. See, we've been inconsistent. And if you find yourself wanting to do certain spiritual disciplines, or maybe wanting to take care of your life, or or wanting to be an encouragement to your kids, and yet you're very inconsistent. I actually find strange comfort in knowing that the guy who wrote a big portion of the New Testament, he often found himself battling with inconsistency. The Apostle Paul says this in Romans 7. Um, Looking at a few different verses here, starting in verse 15, he says these words. He says, I don't really understand myself. How many of us can relate to that? Paul is saying, I don't even understand myself. For what I want to do, for what I want to do, what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And he says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. It's kind of confusing. A little bit of a tongue twister there, right? But man, can I relate to that, right? Man, I can't even understand myself. I want to do what's right, but I find myself not doing it. If you know that consistency matters, but you find yourself often inconsistent and you're tired of just having good intentions and falling short again and again and again, this message is for you. for me, to be honest. And I call this message the power of consistency. See, we're in this series looking at the importance of predetermining, the importance of deciding ahead of time of what we're going to do. We understand that as followers of Christ, our decisions are incredibly important. We know that the direction of our life is determined by the quality of our decisions that we make. The problem is many of us, many of us, we're just not very good decision makers. So, what we're doing, instead of waiting for a moment sometime in the future, when faced with a situation that we know we're likely to face at some point, instead of waiting for that moment to finally come and make a decision in that moment, and usually in that moment it's going to be a decision based on whatever emotion we're experiencing in that moment, instead of that, instead of waiting, we're going to decide now, today. We've been, we had this little statement that we, we've been looking at for a few weeks now, and it's this when faced with this situation, whatever it may be for you, when faced with blank, I have predetermined to do this, right? Don't wait until you get into the situation and then decide, make the decision now that when I'm faced with whatever this is. I've predetermined that I'm going to do this instead. And it's an incredibly powerful tool that can impact your life. We're we're making six predeterminations through this series and spending one week talking about each of them. Last week, we know and we talked about that the devil's coming for you, that the devil attacks. And because of that, what are we going to do? We are predetermined to be ready. That we are going to be ready. We're going to be on guard. We're going to be watching for that. This week, we're going to predetermine predetermined to be consistent. Next week, we're going to be talking about being devoted. Then we're going to look at predetermining to have this life of radical generosity. And then after that, when so many people in our world are faithless, we're going to be faithful. And in our last week that we're going to look at, just like Jesus who said it is finished, with so many people that just give up, we're going to predetermine that we are a finisher. What we're doing today is we're predetermining, and here's the key, it's not on your own, but it's with God's help that I am consistent. That's what we are going to predetermine today. With God's help, because you, you cannot be consistent on your own. With God's help, I am consistent. Why does consistency matter so much? Why do you think? Because here's the reality. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally, right? Have you ever noticed that? Successful people do consistently what other people only do occasionally. Successful people do over and over and over again what other people do only every now and then. Because we are not what we repeatedly do. We are what we do consistently. It's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference in our world, in our family, in our neighborhood, in our workplace, in our world. It's not what we do occasionally that makes a difference. It's what we do consistently that makes the difference. So what I want to do today is I want to show you in Scripture why consistency matters so much and to show you how to actually grow in your consistency in a way that would honor God. So we're not all going to see why consistency matters, but we're going to learn how to grow in our consistency. And to do that, we're going to look at a Bible character from the Old Testament who was maybe one of the most consistent spiritual leaders of all time. His name is Daniel. See, Daniel was consistent morally. He was consistent relationally. He was definitely consistent spiritually. And he was actually consistent in his leadership as well. To give you a little bit of background of how all this started, in 605 B.C., that's 18 years after the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem, the Babylonians came in and the government abducted a lot of young boys. They did three deportations where they took all of these people, but they specifically picked the best and the brightest, often around the age of 12. With this goal of, we get them young enough, their goal was to indoctrinate them with Babylonian knowledge and and education and culture and food so that they would forget their Jewish heritage and be indoctrinated with this new Babylonian heritage. So that the best of the best could become part of them, and even future leaders. So, Daniel stood out of this group. King Darius noticed this young kid, this young guy named Daniel, and that he actually displayed this unusual consistency that the others didn't. You see, consistency is contagious. And a lot of the Babylonian leaders felt threatened, actually, so what they decided to do is they decided, you know what? We don't want him to get our jobs. We don't want to lose our jobs to this guy. So let's, let's band together. Let's dig up some dirt on Daniel. Let's go into his past. Talk to any ex-girlfriends or ex-classmates or, or anything like that. Let's try to dig up as much dirt on Daniel as possible so we can get him canceled. Right? It's kind of what happens in our culture today. You dig up dirt from what people may have said or tweeted or Facebooked about 10 years ago, and it's not who they are now, and let's get them canceled. That's what they were trying to do. Oddly enough, it says this, as they started this journey of trying to dig dirt up on Daniel, we find this in Daniel 6, and we're going to be in Daniel 6 and looking at a few verses here today. Daniel 6. Verse 4, here's what it says at the end of verse 4. It says, but they, these other Babylonian leaders who were trying to dig up dirt on Daniel, it says, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Their findings showed that he was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Those are some pretty powerful qualities, right? What was he? Well, according to this, it says he was faithful. He was always responsible and completely trustworthy. What do you need to have those types of qualities in your life? You need to have consistency. So, these enemies who didn't want Daniel to get their jobs or get promoted to their jobs or even worse, promoted higher than them and then he would be their boss, they said the only way we can get this guy is he is so devoted to God, we're just going to need to attack that. We know he's super devoted to God, so that is what our aim is going to be. That's where we're going to attack him. So much so where they came up with an idea and a plan, and they went, this group went, and they approached the king, and they said to the king, hey, you know what? You are this amazing, powerful, righteous king. He's like, yeah, well, I am. And they said, so what you need to do is this. You need to make a decree that if anyone prays to any god besides you in the next 30 days, that they would be thrown into the lines. Then and He's like, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, puffing up his ego, knowing that they could do that. And it was easy to do that with kings in that day. You know, just puff up his ego a little bit. And so that's what he did. And the king agreed to that suggestion and made that decree. What do you think Daniel, who was faithful and consistent to God, did in that situation? Watch the consistency in his relationship with God, because it says this in verse 10. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, knelt down as usual in his upstairs room, with its windows wide open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Daniel did... What he had always did. He consistently pursued the heart of God. The leaders found out because they knew he would not miss those prayer times. Because they knew he prayed three times a day. And they knew he wouldn't miss it because he's so devoted to God. And when they caught him and when they found out that he actually disobeyed the king's order, they gladly told, told the king what had happened. And told the king, now you have to throw Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel and the the king, and Daniel had this special relationship. The king loved Daniel. He respected Daniel. And it grieved him that he had to throw his friend, a trusted ally, a trusted aide, into the lion's den. He he, He did that reluctantly, right? And the king wasn't happy about it. But he knew he had to follow through on his word. Because in that time, his, the word of a king or the word of anyone, that it, was, it really meant something. He knew he had to stood by his word. And he threw Daniel into a pit with hungry lions. Game over, right? You get thrown into a pit of hungry lions, you're probably not waking up the next day, right? But what happened is this. God sent an angel And the angel closed the mouths of those lions. And we read this. This is the morning of where we know the king eagerly ran out of his palace and ran to uh, the lion's den because he wanted to see what happened to his friend. So this is the morning after Daniel is thrown in. Verse 23, it says, The king was overjoyed because he found his friend safe. And alive. He was overjoyed and he ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Question When did Daniel learn to trust God? It's a good question. When did Daniel learn to trust God? The answer is this. Daniel did, did not learn while he was in the lion's den to trust God. He learned in his prayer closet. He learned as he prayed on his knees three times a day. That's where he learned to trust God. Not in the lion's den. His faith wasn't built in the battle. His faith was built when he was on his knees. He had consistently sought after the heart of God three times a day. Day after day after day after day. Why is it, why is it that some of us are inconsistent with our relationship with God? Would Daniel's consistency compared to your consistency. And why, why do we struggle with that? It's because Daniel prayed consistently, and we pray occasionally. Right? Hard truth, hard for me to say, it's like vinegar in my mouth, but it's true, right? Daniel prayed consistently, we tend to pray occasionally, right? It's not what we do occasionally, remember that, it's not what we do occasionally that makes the difference in our life, in our world, in our workplace. But it's what we do consistently. So, how do we grow in our consistency? I want to give you a game plan today. Not the same game plan that the Bills used last week because that one didn't even come close of working. Let's have a game plan that works. And I'm going to share with you three important thoughts of how you can grow your consistency. First thing we're going to do is this. Start with the why. Start with the why. Answer answer the question, why did Daniel pray consistently? I'll tell you, it was never about an outward show for him like it was as we read about the Pharisees, how they would come out and they would say, look at me, I'm praying on the street corner so everyone can see me, and I'm going to pray loud so everyone can hear me, see how long my prayers are. That's not Daniel's heart. Daniel went into his closet privately, knelt down three times a day because why? He was devoted to, to his God. He predetermined at some point in his life that three times a day he's going to connect with the heart of God. See, that that was born out of devotion. And this is the very reason why so many New Year's resolutions fail, I think. Because these New Year's resolutions, they are the result of desire. Not devotion, right? They're not out of desire. They're they're not out of devotion, but they're out of desire. And there's a big difference between the two, right? If you just have a desire, you might not have a why. But a why will always pull out the devotion. If you want to grow in consistency, you need to start with asking the question, why? Why do I want to do this? Why do I want to become closer to God? Why do I want to eat better? Why do I want to go to the gym? Start with the why. You know, where do you want to be more consistent? Where do you want to grow? Ask yourself those questions. And some might say, you know, I want to be closer to God. Thank God for that. Others will say, well, I I want... I want to have a better marriage. Great. Some others might say, you know, I want to have financial stability. Or or some might say, you know, I want to quit this bad habit, whatever it is. When I hear that, what I'm going to say in response, when I hear people say, you know, I want to do this, or I want to do that, what I'm going to come back to, to them and say is this, why? Why do you want to be closer to God? Why do you want a better marriage? Why do you want to have financial stability? Why do you want to quit this bad habit? What is your why? Because here's the thing is, the why drives the devotion. And I promise you, when you want to be consistent, you're going to have obstacles, you're going to have resistance, you're going to have something that's hard, and you're going to feel like stopping, right? We all go there. But when you know your why, your why will find a way. Your why will find a way. So when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. If you want to become more consistent, then you need to start with that. You need to define your why. Daniel knew his why. His faith wasn't built in that lion's den. It was built in his prayer closet on his knees. You start with the why. That's where you need to start. The second thing you need to do, and this sounds really counterintuitive, but just bear with me. But I promise you, it is important in this process. You start with the why, and then after that, you plan to fail. Plan to fail. You actually have to plan that. You actually have to plan to not be perfect. Again, I'm speaking to myself. It's something that I wrestle with in my life. Think about this Daniel prayed three times before. We read that, just like he did before. And here's a question. For you to think about and ask yourself, do you think he ever missed one of his daily prayer times? Do you think Daniel, in the course of his life, ever missed one of his daily prayer times? Do you think he ever did? I think he did, to be honest, because he's a person. And of course he did, right? You know, we can't over-spiritualize this guy, and I guarantee you, he missed some of his three prayer times. How do I know that? Did I, do I find it in Daniel? Do I find it in another uh, book somewhere? No. It's because he's a human being, right? He's a human being that lives in a very real world. One day, could have been like the king said, you know what, David? I need you to work late tonight. And he, there. He, maybe he missed his evening time of prayer. Like, Things like that happen, right? Why is it that so many of us are inconsistent? It's because we have this all or nothing mindset that we wrestle with in our life. It's because if we fail one time, one time, we think we're a failure because we failed that one time. Again, speaking to myself here. It's this idea, well, I failed this thing once, so you know what? forget about it. I'm not doing it again. That's why we're inconsistent. And that's why we have to remember that being consistent is not the same as being perfect. It's not. There's such a big difference between consistency, being consistent, and being perfect. You need to give yourself grace to fail Because being consistent is not the same as being perfect. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. You're going to mess up. So plan to allow for it. Know that a momentary failure is actually part of the process. And here's the problem for many of us. It's the illusion of perfection that keeps... That's keeping some of you from actually just getting started with whatever it is that you need to get started. It's this illusion of perfection. You're going to miss some. You're going to eat the wrong thing eventually. You're going to oversleep, which means you're not going to work out in the morning. You're going to buy something stupid while you're trying to get out of debt. You're going to read the Bible every day, and then you're going to miss a day. You're not going to be perfect. Don't confuse being consistent with being perfect. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with a why. We're going to plan to fail. And then lastly, we're going to fall in love with the process. We're going to fall in love with the process. Daniel wasn't praying because it was out of a sense of duty. It wasn't duty. He just loved time with God. He loved the intimacy. Here's what I know about him because I know his character. He wasn't saying, hey, if I'm all this stuff, I'm going to get promoted. He was just consistently living his life in a way that honored God. Here's to the mistake that so many of us make. We obsess about the goal Right? I've got to lose twenty pounds. I've got to pay off both credit cards. I've got to read through the whole Bible. Then we're inconsistent. We feel like we don't succeed until we hit that goal, and the goal at times can be so far out there in the future, and the path is often difficult, and the road is often windy. And that's why we don't obsess about the goal, but instead we fall in love with the process. The thing with me going to the gym and wanting to maybe lose some fat, because there's some fat here that I don't necessarily like, or just wanting a better physique. But really, for me, it's it's really becoming healthier for me, both physically and mentally. Me going to the gym is is more about my mental health and my physical health and strength. I know that if I'm consistent in that, I will make progress. I will. Progress will happen if I'm consistent. And here's what's so important about your goal. Is this, is you're not successful when you achieve the goal in the future. You're successful when you honor God today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to predetermine. Before we face that decision, we predetermine. With God's help, remember that, I am consistent. And I want you to say that. Everyone say that with me. With God's help, I don't hear you. It's okay. Repeat after me. With God's help, I am consistent. And here's the key in all this. It's with God's help. Meaning this, you can't be consistent on your own. Paul said, I don't even understand myself. He asked the question later in that text. He says, who can deliver me from this body of inconsistency, this body of death? And he said, kind of answered his own question, he said, praise be to Jesus Christ. He is the one who can empower us to live a life that honors God. So we predetermine, with God's help, whatever it is for you. We are predetermining. So our decisions aren't made in the future, in the moment, with whatever emotions we're experiencing, but we're deciding today what we're going to do before God. So what do we do? We predetermine. So my question to you today is this. Where is God calling you to be consistent? Where is God calling you today to be consistent? In what area of your life? And I want you to just take a moment right now and just be open about that. You might even want to even close your eyes and just just say and kind of just have this type of a, a conversation. God, where do you want me to be consistent? Where could I honor you more? in my life. Show me, God. Maybe it's in your giving. Maybe it's in your prayer time. Maybe it's in your words. Maybe it's in your attitude. Maybe it's even the time you go to bed. Maybe it's the way that you treat people around you. And you're just saying, God, where do you want me to be consistent? Let him speak to you now. So with God's help, may you honor him in consistency in the area that brings him glory and makes you more effective in this world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We just pray. We pray the power of the Spirit will just fill us right now. That with your help, with your help, We can be consistent. Lord, we understand and we recognize and we admit right here, right now, that we need your help. Because we know we can't do this on our own. We can't live this type of life on our own with our own willpower. But it has to be with your help. So, Lord, give us the why. In some of these areas that maybe you're calling us to be consistent, Lord. Let us start with the why. Why do I want to do this? And Lord, let us not look at ourselves as failures if we miss 1, two, three, four, five, 10, 20 times. And let us just fall in love with the process of just getting there. Because it's through the process where we'll be stretched and we'll grow and we'll become stronger. So Lord, help us here today. We pray this in your name. Amen.